I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 mama. Um, interesting, cool, South African, relevant yeah. content yeah. Um, on where we were at. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mommy's a bunch. Mommy's a bunch. Mama's a bunch. Jesus. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Perfect. You're in another zone, but you're totally out of the twilight. Mama. 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 Hello. Welcome back to MWA. It has been a whole six months. Hi, Kat. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Dee. <laughs> I actually can't believe it's been six months. It's actually disgusting. And in terms of content production, this is pretty dismal. So our apologies. <laughs> our apologies, indeed. As many of you are, we've been rather busy doing life and babies and many things. So we thought we would have a kind of check-in with each other and also for the purposes of people who enjoy listening to us, just a kind of follow-up based on the previous two episodes that we managed to record. So, Kath, how are you today with <laughs> your newborn? Is he still called a newborn? No, he's no longer called a newborn, I don't think. Or maybe he is, actually. We're in the fourth trimester. So I have had the baby that I think I was speaking about when I was 14 weeks pregnant when wow. we did our last episode. And subsequently had the baby, and we, myself and my partner, have bought a bigger house and renovated and moved in two weeks before um our son our second born son was due or not even due was before he came because he came before his due date and now he's four weeks old and asleep what five houses up from where you stay which is where we stay now so a lot has happened Mm -hmm. um but we're in a fairly okay space i think we're Mm -hmm. in very much the fourth trimester no sleep Lots of feeding, lots of cluster feeding, mm. figuring out who he is as a person. And yeah, he's not the concern. It's more the first one, which is... Mm. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, so for listeners who don't know, what, what is the fourth trimester? So the fourth trimester is really the six weeks that are your child's life, right? Mm. So they call it the fourth trimester because they're kind of still figuring out themselves. And if you subscribe to a thing called Wonder Weeks, which mm, I think both you and I... fabulous app. Yeah, yeah, both you and I have. It's a book, but it's also a book that's been converted to a really practical, pragmatic app mm. where they speak about your child experiencing leaps rather than milestones. And the leaps are like neurological pathways that are developing within, mm. within themselves. And mm. they're kind of figuring out the world in which they live and themselves within, within the world. Mm. It goes up to two years. But really the first leap only happens after six weeks Mm. Um, and the reason why it only happens after six weeks is because for the first six weeks your kid is kind of sleeping and eating and sleeping and eating Mm. and then they start to become more awake to the world in the latter part of those six weeks and that's kind of where we're at right now yeah so it's it's an interesting space i'm I'm certainly not saying sleeping and eating like oh it's the easiest thing of course yeah but it is um because i mean their sleeping and eating patterns are Mm. on a two to three hour basis so you're perpetually you're on a treadmill essentially but it's i think it is in retrospect i didn't think this about agani my firstborn but i do think it is easier because they're less demanding Mm -hmm. and now having a reference point of a three-year-old 
who is so demanding emotionally, intellectually, mm. in, in, in every way. I do think that, like, I look at my first, my, my second born, and I'm like, oh, you're the easy one, you know? <laughs> Which and he isn't necessarily. Absolutely. It's just that this is an easier, an easier fact. Absolutely. I think what's so interesting about what you're saying is that when you have the first one and you have no kind of reference point for mm-hmm. these things you are just fully fully immersed in yeah. small baby yeah and small baby is a lot yeah i also think it's really interesting what you're saying about you haven't named him name him before i speak about him so his name is amukelani mitiro rariranzo oh it's beautiful so it's a really I didn't long i know all of that yeah, yeah, yeah it's a really long okay what does it all mean so when we had just gotten married my partner kind of had this dream of three names that he wanted to name his kids and i was like i've never signed up for three kids <laughs> so we've dumped two of the three names on amu but essentially oh. amu galani is <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. so akani akani was the first one which yeah. is me which means to build mitiro means works or labors mm-hmm. and raranzo means love so build works of love oh and so when we were naming him, because I'm a psychopath, Agani starts with an A. I wanted another name that started with an A. Yes. Yes. Just because I'm a psychopath. Mm-hmm. So we, I like said to him, like listen. Even numbers. Exactly. Like I like even numbers. So <laughs> I said to him, Mitiro doesn't work because it's, it's an M. Like that's awkward. Like what are we doing? So then he went back and thought about it and came back with a series of, of A names. And one of the ones that I really loved was Amukerani, which is which means we accept. Mm. And it still works with we accept works of love or we're building and accept works of love. Sure, sure, sure. When you look at all of the full names, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. So you've got three names. And in fact, it was so funny because when I went to go and apply for his birth certificate, mm, mm. I was like, anxious. Is this all going to fit on like the one line that I've been given? Thankfully, oh it did. And he does have a fourth name, actually but it's a given fourth name it's not like a what is it a legal name now zango oh which is after joey's stepfather so has akani got more than one name he's got two names and this other poor kid has got like five or six or seven or eight what's his second name diani oh yes yes i knew that one yeah the naming just how no babes is not just how oh it's not you're right (laughs) oh my god why do i have to mind you of that mother jesus that's awkward Sorry, listen, she's not always like this, and oh. it's not even a Monday. Yes, you're right. Shit, Tao Hositile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which his dad was very attached yes. to, and I wasn't so much. I think it's beautiful, Ben. It is. It's really beautiful. Yeah, but it's heavy. Names are heavy. Names are heavy. Names are heavy. And, and I mean, I think it's. I'm reading this really amazing book at the moment called This Is How It Always Was. Or you you were with. The, yeah, we were together when I bought it, and it's about. Sorry, I'm kind of diverting but i'll swing back it's about a family there are four boys and then the mom's really kind of hoping for a girl Mm. right and then this fifth one gets born Mm. and he's gender fluid from very very early on they they name him claude and then he's at the table yeah yeah his mom's like you'll be called claudia or nothing else and um her sister died when she was really young and he knew that and he was like four or five like so when he starts kind of playing around with he says i want to go to school in a dress and i want to do this and this and this and then she says um and then he comes into the parents room one night and he says i have the perfect name and i'll be named poppy which is the sister who died i don't know why it's resonated with me so much but it really just made me think like the value of names Mm. and they are things that we hold dear hmm. that, as parents... That we ascribe onto or that pro- we, project onto them. We completely project yeah. onto children, right? So so my full name, Deralene, is a combination of 
literally half my mom's name, half my dad's name, and they thought that was very sweet and special. And I <laughs> teased for shit yeah, throughout primary school. Of course, but it's very Dairy easy. Bell, but <laughs> like the milk product. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, for those who don't know Deraline, wow. I just also think it's really interesting that like now you can say as much because for the longest time I haven't heard you like just admit mm. with such a level of comfort around yeah. like what your like your full name is because yes. you, you go by the name of D. Everybody knows you as D. Sure. And like I know that you are teased hopelessly and even yeah. by myself. Like when I want to get your attention, I'll say Deraline, and you'll be like. <laughs> So, okay. Yeah, I totally hear you. I think that naming yeah. is, a, is a huge thing. Yeah, I only have one name. I've, my mother's never believed in second names. She has a second name. She's never used her second name. But I she doesn't see the value the of them. Yes. Yeah. So, it's interesting for me that, like, I don't have any of those ha- hang-ups. Mm-hmm. And I was totally okay with, oh, okay, you want to do bigger, broader name that has a whole statement and a kind of paragraph attached to it? Absolutely. It's absolutely fine, you know? But I do think, shame, this poor kid, because... I know that his names are not going to fit on his boarding pass or, you know, like, there'll be stuff. And people yes. also won't even know. Like, Nitiro Raranzo, they'll be like, how do I even say these things, right? Amu Kelani will probably be, he'll be called Amu for the rest of his life. Mm. Mom, 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 What have you got there? A dinosaur. And how do dinosaurs go? Okay, so let's move on to having two kids, which I know we've kind of, I mean, we're speaking a little bit about that because we know Akani's in the same home and we know what that means. But I mean, wow, yeah, you are. You're you're a mother of two and it really does feel like a completely different set of things. I think it is a completely different set of things. Mm. And I'm still figuring it out. I mean, we're only four weeks in. But Mm. what's been fascinating for me is I was kind of gearing up emotionally for a baby again. Yes. And in doing that, I didn't gear up emotionally for having a toddler who would regress. Because mm. you just don't know what you don't know, right? And I, mm. I've heard of regressions, but I felt like we were told from a therapist, myself and my partner, like three-year gap is the best gap psychologically. They'll be fine. They're going to be great. And I think that I kind of always have relied on that because mm. it's, it's a three-year gap. Mm. I'm like, he's emotionally mature. We can have conversations. He understands. He has words. He'll be fine. And it's been really interesting for me because the baby seems to be less of the priority. Sure. And the three-year-old is what's taking up a lot of, like, the conversations and the time Mm. and the thoughtfulness and, like, how do we get him to adjust in a way that fits within his little emotional world. Sure. And that's been difficult because I think, I feel as though, one, you just don't have the capacity or the space or the time when you're feeding every two hours for that. And so what what has happened is that my partner has kind of stepped in and really tried to play a foregrounding role for him. Mm. But he wants his mom, you know. Mm. And it's been difficult to say, I can't do X because I'm feeding Amo or I can't do Y, but also Mm. at the same time trying to to manage their relationship the independent relationship that they're going to have that like everything for me at the moment is significant so mm. if he says i don't like amu it's significant when i'm like in 18 years they're going to hate each other mm. and he'll probably try and kill him in his sleep or whatever you know like and i think mm. that it isn't necessarily significant and we kind of have to all ride the wave together and mm. it's going to take some time but i was chatting to a teacher at um Akane school mm. and the teacher was saying oh i said to her, the teacher he's regressed mm. and he has regressed totally like mm. he's not sleeping well through the night my kid has been sleeping through the night since he was one Mm. there's been very little problem unless he's 
terribly ill mm. with, with sleep. He's not sleeping through the night. He doesn't want to nap anymore. He hasn't regressed in terms of his eating, but he's certainly regressed in terms of his toilet, potty time. So mm. he's always slept with a nappy at, at night and for, for naps. Mm. But now he's shitting him, his pants. Mm, mm. He's weeing himself. Mm. Like stuff that he hasn't done mm. for like six months. Mm. So I think that those are all signs that he's trying to figure out what his position mm. is in the family. Sure, sure. And I, I feel for him. I feel deeply for mm. him. But I'm also very frustrated with him. So I vacillate quite wildly between the two feelings of mm. deep empathy and deep frustration, which isn't helpful for a child who requires a level of consistency as well. Mm. You know? So it's been, I'm not going to lie, it's been rough with Hagani. It's been incredibly rough. Okay. So I have two things to say to this. The first is, you grew up mostly as an only child. Yes. And I know we've kind of had this conversation before, yeah. both with your partner. And, well, your partner was there. Joey was there. Mm. And we were both like, he'll be fine. And I think there's something to be said about having lived that. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is... And I completely hear you on this. Trying to hold space in a consistent, kind, generous way yeah. for a three-year-old. They are awful. They're an awful bunch. They're I don't like assholes. them. They're assholes. <laughs> They're such assholes. I hate three. People said terrible twos. Fuck right. that. No, it's two terrible is threes. <clears throat> two is cute. Two is two damn is cute. cute. Three, I'm cucking myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tao wakes up, he goes, I don't want you! Leave my house! <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I love you! I own this house! <laughs> I love it! I love it! And Why are you whispering? Good. Mm-hmm. I'm just again. I love it! I love that. Okay, so I actually want to kind of swing back to my first point, which is your brother came so many years later. 19 to be exact. That is insane. I yeah. can't imagine. I could have been his mother. In fact, when we were in shops, people were like, your baby is so cute. Like really creepily because they were trying to figure out like this team Is mom. this your... Mm. Yeah. But that's hectic, actually. I, I can't imagine that. And I think that I can say without having experienced this, your experience of a sibling growing up in the home was completely different to others who grew up with siblings like three years apart or whatever the quote-unquote yeah. perfect age gap is. I mean, my sister and I are three and a half years apart and, like, it's weird. There's no guarantee that they're going to grow up beautifully and it's all going to make sense. Mm. There's just, there's no guarantee, babe. And you were so clear about this. When you enjoy your old... <laughs> somebody's balls don't work anymore your boobs are like more saggy than they are now uh. there'll be two children not one thinking about what that means yeah. and how to navigate some yeah. of that and i i actually really get that yeah you know like my sister and i we don't speak all the time but if it comes to this intersection yeah we're like there cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whether we agree or disagree is almost besides the point. Yeah. The point You've is got that somebody, somebody else to sound going, it out with. Yeah. So just for context, because my brother is 19 years younger, younger. than me, and my father then went. So that's why my mother said my father then went and had another baby at 21 when I was 21. So my sisters, my sister's 21 years younger than me. I don't have a soundboard, and both mm. of my parents. And if you're listening, mom, dad, love you dearly, but both mm-hmm. of them are problematic in their own ways, mm. right? But I don't have somebody to sound off on what that fundamentally looks like. Sure. I, I recall 
recall, and I think I've told you the story many times, see, but being at a dinner, at a lunch mm. or breakfast, or whatever, with three siblings. Mm. So they were talking about the oh, parents. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And they were just like, oh, your mother is a problem and this is how we're going to deal with her. And everyone is, i.e., pitching in financially or they're not pitching in financially but they're able to kind of bear the emotional load yes and i just felt like actually i don't have that very much so with my you mom don't and my dad. you feel that quite acutely i feel that acutely yeah i think that i did want somebody for agani for when joey and i are much older yeah even if we're perfectly self-sufficient all the way through to death Mm. But to discuss that death and say, for the funeral, this is what we're going to be doing for mom, mm. this is what we're going to be doing for dad or whatever. Mm. I, do, I do think it's important. <clears throat> I think it's important to create that community that mm. is, in a, in a real sense, peers. Mm. Not necessarily like, I could be both my brother and my sister's mother. Yeah, babe, you've had such an interesting experience at that level. So you, I, find, I do find it interesting, though, now, being a parent, considering what Tao's needs might be in terms of friendship. or yeah. I, I do get parents who are like, yo, I'm fine. We're okay with one. You know, they, they have the experiences with one. But you know, I am so averse to two. I'm not. I find that everything becomes a binary. Yeah, but that's also because of your experiences. Yeah, but also because that's how it is. Yes, because of when your experiences. Two, yeah. When they're two, it's like everything is like the one is pitted against the other. And I think some parents have more kind of... Awareness God, not to do that. Call it. Yes, exactly. But awareness not to don't. do that. Others don't. But even the more aware ones, I think, do do that. Because they're like, this is this one's strengths. This is this one's strengths. <laughs> girl in this economy can you even afford more than two like what does that even look nah, like we're gonna start eating cornflakes oh bye-bye all the nice things you like stopping off at those boutique shops <laughs> and buying those nice clothes huh? outfit of the day choices on damn instagram you should follow her account by the way there'd be none of that but there'd be none of that shit like none, none of that shit so i also think i can accessory the children can be an accessory no children are never accessories they are disgusting and just Disgusting. <laughs> They're beautiful in their imperfections, but I don't want imperfections. I want perfection. No, I'm joking. But you know what I mean? Like, I just no, think that, like, you. that's my problem with thinking about more than three. Aside more from than the two. fact, I mean, more than two. Mm. Aside from the fact that the emotional load of three, mm. you're already carrying an emotional load of one, babes, without. I think, and you will tell me faster than I will tell myself, when there are more. Suddenly, Akani's got more digging skill for emotions. He has to help. Ow! He, Amo, is going to learn real fast. Why? Because Akani and sometimes Akani and Tao. The two of them are going to do a lot of the work that you and Joey did for Akani. Uh-huh. With lots of little kit gloves and how do we I do this? So, and but and I hope so. I think just it's don't true. know how parents have more than two in this economy. I ain't gonna lie. No, that's absolutely true. But I also think that there's a lot to be said for making a decision around what kind of education do you want your child to have. Yeah. And even when you make the decision whether you go private or good public or whatever that looks like for, for you and your family, I think that they still things because they're there's so much pressure for children to have all the opportunities all the possible and all the things attached to it. And I think exacerbated by the fact that we live in Joburg. Mm. I'm not saying that three kids, that that's not an expensive endeavor. God knows one is, mm. right? But it doesn't always have to be the expensive endeavor that we imagine it to be because you don't have to yes. give your kids all the things. Yes, because I also think that yeah. they do things for each other when there are more of them. And granted, as... So you don't have three? Perfect. 
I'm not sure that physically I have the capacity. <laughs> I think I'm just ready to get like chubs again, hey? Just like pack it on, pack it on, yeah. But if you must ask me to lose the pack it on, pack it on, and then go back, uh-uh. No. So wait, so you're saying that if you were to have a second, you would quickly follow up with a third? Yes. If that was possible, and if my partner still liked me after a second. <laughs> <laughs> All things that are very important, actually. Yeah, well, I hear you, babes. I do hear you. I don't think at this point in my life, for a whole range of reasons, that I can imagine a third. I wonder how many if people you, wait, have... Wait, sorry. Yes. If your partner likes you, but if you like your partner... <laughs> Yeah, so I just think I think that there's a whole range of things yeah. that at play. You know, like I think that yeah, you've got to be really like I don't know, like I don't I can I be honest? Like I think that that mm. like follow on like one two three four. That's for white people with like no problems and all white privilege. And like if you are anything other than and you're mm. kind of in the trenches of whatever you're in the trenches of as a person mm. of color, be it in variant degrees mm. or shades of color. Black tax is a thing. Black tax amongst other things like black trauma. You know what I mean? Like a whole range of things. I don't know if it's possible to like just be like bam, 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 bam. Like this is what it is. But black people, lower income, black households, and FYI, when I say black, and when Kathleen says black, we mean black across the board, and we're not about the politic of people of color because what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. A lot of black families have lots of kids, mm. and so I don't necessarily. But think less and less, so don't you think? Perhaps like it's less normative. I suppose so, but I still think it's a class thing. I suppose so. And I also think that. What is also a class thing is... Okay, let me put it this way. I think that what you are speaking about is a kind of nucleus family where mom and dad are able to provide all emotional, financial, and whatever else support mm. for those three, four, whatever children, right? Mm. But I do think that... There's a big cultural thing there when it comes to black families and white families because that black families don't necessarily operate on that basis. Obviously, it's, I mean, things are also different because lots of people don't live necessarily where their families are. I certainly don't. I don't know what that looks like for us. I mean, and I think this is where like the idea of the urban family comes in, whatever yeah. way you like. You pull, you open support in ways, you know, so I think it's interesting, but I don't necessarily think that big families only appeals to white families. I think they're easier. I think that that's my point. Because you're speaking about a specific kind of economic ease. Ease and bracket and yeah. But I think, you know what, I think there's something to be said about kids who grow up who aren't necessarily well-off or exceptionally comfortable. There's a kind of emotional and uh, physical even de dexterity that I worry kids who grow up like our kids do don't necessarily mm. have. And granted, there are pros and cons both mm. ways. And I mean, for fuck's sake, who says poverty is great? Nobody, right? So mm. that's not what I'm saying. Well, not poverty, but I do even hear you because not, you're not speaking about poverty. No. You're speaking just about, about the working <laughs> class and whatever the case Absolutely. is. Absolutely. But as much as like and this, we've, got, we've gone way off topic but I think that this too is very interesting for me is that mm. I, I don't know Dee like I do think that having grown up in that way mm. I don't want it for me I'm not talking about for my kids because I think for your kids yes it, it really like can add a level of grit a level of resilience a level of all the rest of the, of the things right so have a level what? of manners 
a level of manners. But what does that mean also for you, right? As a part, as a as a as a parent. So you can't then like alienate yourself and say we're middle class. Our kids are working class. The nuclear family is what the nuclear family is. Mm. The nuclear mm-hmm. family very often is what the parents are. Mm-hmm. In fact, entirely what the parents entirely. are, right? Yeah, yeah. That said, I don't want it for me. I grew up that way. Nah, not fun. I, you know, um, Elad Averam, who's my now actually long time therapist, really mm-hmm. on off, and we we have many conversations. We have had many conversations across the years. But Elad writes this blog called "Okay, I Stand to Be Corrected," but it's something like so you you thought it was about the children mm-hmm. or some mm-hmm. something to that effect. Yeah. And more and more, the older Tawi gets, the more I realize, wow, there's very little about this experience that is actually about him like of course there's a lot of it that's about him and it feels like a lot in the day because it's his needs his nap time sure. is he dropping a nap is sure. he what does he want to eat sure. what is he you know but emotionally it's about shit that triggers you 100% and so i completely hear you when you say that because i think that fundamentally and certainly this is my experience with friends and I, i'm sure similarly for you but like the way in which people raise their children, most people run so far away if they have the capabilities and the space and access, the resources, finance, exactly. Yeah. They run so far away from how they were yeah. raised that I think it becomes so disjointed also at some level, depending on what the issue is. I'm not saying that's your issue. Um, and I, I almost feel like it's more pronounced with this kind of what are we early millennials mm. yeah like the you know mm. the, the the kind of first crowd mm. who went through the post-apartheid narrative of joy mm. and rainbowism mm. and so yeah. i know our kids aren't kind of held by those same things but i completely hear you also mm. when you say actually i don't want that for them you know not i don't want that for them i don't want that for me and yes, that's exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah i want that sure. for me yeah. And I think that that's, yeah. that's the admission is that actually I don't feel like I, how I was raised, I don't lament it, I mm. don't look back on it and say, oh my God, it really helped me in, in, in poor stead. Mm. No, none of those things. Mm. I think it, it was incredibly good for me. I, I learned fundamental things. I have a grit. I have streetwise kind of like attitude or whatever the case is. Mm. But I don't want that for me now. Sure. So what does that then look like for my kids? Because I can't then divorce my kids and say, mm. I'm going to drop you in Yeovil. Mm. That's where you live. I live elsewhere. Or do you know what I mean? Like, or whatever mm. the case is. And I, I hate to sound, and I do sound bougie, and that's also okay. Mm. But like, life growing up for me was hard mm. in incredible ways. <clears throat> like, so you then think about how you want your life to be when you're older. But then that obviously then has a trickle-down effect on how Mm. your kids are raised, right? And that's Mm. interesting. What are those? They don't want a psychology. One of what? Psychology. I don't know what you're saying. It's like sizes. It's like sizes. Okay. And they can figure it because they're done. But what are they called? What is this one called? A bulldozer. Mhm. And that one? Still? Yes. A uh, dumpster. Oh wow! Uh, you eating your pasta? Oh yum! <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you feel like it's important to you for your kids to see their parents together because your parents weren't necessarily together? I do think it's important for me because my parents weren't together but I think that for me what was more important is the inception so to the sex 
No, not the conception girl, the inception. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, so what for me was more important was, and I know this sounds super conservative, and I'm not this bitch. But was to say to Joey, okay, cool. I want to get married because I want my kids to know that they were conceived from a place of stability and love. And that's because that I know, gasp, collective gasp. That's because my parents were hippies and didn't do that shit. And I was like, this was just an, it, this was just a, like essentially a three month stand that y'all had. And here I come, and my mother was very clear that she wanted me, and my father was very clear that he mm. didn't. And that creates a level of instability for sure. your child's first couple of years in a yeah. way that is unnecessary. So I was clear that, like, and I know my mother was like, were you not happy with your upbringing? Were you not happy with the decisions that I made? Because you're so mm. traditional and so conservative. Mm. And in a way, I am. Speaking saying, to you now. Speaking to me now as an adult. Mm. But in a way, I am because I want my two boys, and if there is a third, not that I want a third, but if there is a third, I want them to know that they were conceived consciously. And I've made conscious decisions not to have children, right? Mm -hmm. So when you make conscious decisions to have children, I want sure. them to know that. I want them to know that there was, there was a serious consideration that was made. We wanted them. It was a place of love. It was a place of stability. It may not be a place of stability always, mm -hmm. but it was then and that they were considered and I think that, yes, it's a complete projection of, like, how I was raised. I, I mean, my parents were together for... They weren't even really together. My father was with someone else when they were fucking. Mm. Then my mother fell pregnant, and then I don't know how what happened with his relationship with his person. And then they, they then they were kind of together for a year, the first year of my life. My mother moved back to Guadalupe Natal to be with my dad, and it was unstable, it, uh, unstable, right? It wasn't it wasn't a good situation for either of them, and certainly not for me. Mm. I don't remember any of it, but but this is what I've been told. Mm. So. I think that for me, I was clear that I don't want the mess. Mm. I want like a level of just like clarity around like, yes, we were very clear. This is what we wanted. So I think that, yeah, I think that you're right. I think that our parenting styles are very much informed by what it is that we don't want from our parents. Mm. But it is also informed by what we do want. So there's things about my parents have done, well, specifically, I hate to say it, my mother has done. Mm that I really appreciate. So she was very conscious. She was 20 at the time when she raised me. So she was a child herself, but she was very conscious around like, I was a mixed race girl. She was, she was a white woman. She was very conscious around, I don't want her to be in a white space. Sure. So what does that look like? I have to remove myself from white spaces and mm. be in spaces that aren't only white. Mm. Um, she was very conscious around like a specific kind of curriculum. She was very mm. conscious around education. There were things that were themes for her mm. and she had picked out those themes. She was very conscious around not even having boyfriends. Mm. So for a 20 year old, 20 to 27 year old, that's the prime of like when you're fucking around in your whole life, right? She didn't do that shit, or she didn't do that shit in in pronounced ways where sure. I where I was exposed to it because she was very conscious con conscious around like what she wanted for me, and I think that I really appreciate those things, and I can look at those things. So in my parenting skills, I speak very openly about sex, I speak about consent, I speak about a whole range of things, and that's a replica of how I was raised. Yes. So it's not like I'm running away from how I was parented, sure, but I am running away from aspects. Of it, I lie. get that, and I yeah. think we all are yeah. to some degree. Yeah. We take what we like, and we we don't take what we don't like, or yeah. what we haven't figured out yet. hundred percent. Because sometimes I think, I mean, and I think you and I've had some conversations where you know where I'll be like, 
Oh, but don't you think, you know, religion's the issue for that person? Or that's what holds them back in some weird way that they haven't necessarily even realized themselves? Yeah. Like, forget articulation of that yeah. narrative, right? I, yeah, I, I completely hear you. You were very, very clear about marriage in, in, in a most chilled but most clear way. Like, you know, you're yeah. like, cool, 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 we can do it. But I'd like this, right? And for me, yeah, I, I find it so interesting to kind of swing back to this kind of conversation around marriage which i i do think maybe we will get to at another point or at many points right or at many it's, points. A, it's a it's a series of conversations mm-hmm. yeah and i also think that you don't necessarily have to stay married and i've never mm-hmm. thought that right for the mm-hmm. kids i think that your marriage has to be solid between the two people and when it isn't and it isn't serving you or functioning in a way mm-hmm. that fundamentally serves the two individuals it can be detrimental for the kids but hugely, and I know that experience, mm. right? So I know what it's like to to see a marriage implode and to see people who don't have language. You know, my parents were they were twenty four when they got married. Sure, they're young. Like, so young. So young. Like, I, I, I mean, fuck, twenty four. You and I think we might have just met around that age, and we were living our best. And our worst. And our worst. Yeah. As as individuals, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah. now you're telling me you're going to marry someone at that age. And I'm, I mean, my mom had me by 27. Mm. I, you know. Mm. So I, I find Set it really... Return. Return, <laughs> right in the middle of that shit. Yeah. yeah, I find it really interesting. And I, just to swing back to kind of checking in with each other and where we're at. And the fact that at this point, our primary intersection as moms and not not our primary intersection in fact because it's just one of the many things that we are that intersects but as moms to three-year-olds or to teenagers like it's a lot the kind of emotional dexterity but also like sense of like groundedness that you need to deal with kids of that age and to deal with the things that they bring home and the things that they say to you that shit's hard so i mean honestly i'm not sure that in my mid to late 20s early 20s like your mom i wouldn't have been able to cope with it and that's why i'm always grateful to my mother because Mm. i do think that like she provided a household i.e me and her Mm. with a level of stability that i would never have been able to do right Mm. but i wanted to ask so how has it been for you having a three-nature and this three-nature thing has been such an eye-opener for me because i do think it's a very real thing Mm. like we were talking about just before we started recording Mm. twos are cute Mm. and people keep talking about the terrible twos i'm like fuck terrible twos Mm. the threes are where it's super hard right Mm. so Mm. i like you you, we have an age gap of three months so we're very much parallel in terms of how we're Mm. seeing things navigating things i'm not saying that they're the same kids but like very Mm. much in the same kind of space how has that been for you well (laughs) (laughs) yes Babe, I'm finding it so challenging. I'm not even going to lie. Talton 3 on the 12th of May. We had the party the week after. I have been seeing flames with this child. Mm. Flames. Clearly dropping a nap, which you called early on, right? I am kicking and screaming for dear life as much as he is kicking and screaming for his freedom between 12 and 2. I'm like, you will nap, you will nap. <laughs> I'm struggling with, 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 because I think that for many of us who have been able to kind of 
keep the nap thing going. I know parents who yeah. are from much earlier, they're like, oh, I've got okay. a nap. Yeah, that's just who our kid is. That's just how it is. And I'm like, oh, no, we nap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so For your sanity rather than the exactly. kids. Yeah. The, the nap is actually, and I mean, I'm fascinated by how much of the stuff swings back to you. But the nap is for me. On a Saturday, I need that there be some day. quiet time. Yeah. Just some space where I can gather myself. Because from half six, six, whatever it is, it's on. It is game on, as we know. And, I mean, oh my God. Like, I need a moment to, to understand that we're now going six to seven at night. <laughs> so somebody needs to give me an extra month in the year. <laughs> I need to gather myself up. A month off, 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 and paid for. A month off and paid for. That is what I need. Interesting time. Super, super crazy. Very demanding, like you were saying. Two is cute. Three is not cute. Three is a lot of like clearly figuring themselves out, figuring themselves out in relation to the rest of the household. Mm. You know, so as you know, of course, Tawi's dad lives in Cape Town, but my partner lives in Bloom. So there's a lot of movement in his life. His attachment to people is something that I am constantly Mm. aware of, but also having to navigate. Like Mm. as a primary caregiver, I am deeply reluctant to give up being a single mom as in the title of that because if and when I do it means that I'm letting in a whole lot of other things like the floodgates are open for oh okay there's a weekly you know so 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 I mean as you know my partner's here pretty much every weekend Tao is completely reliant on that even though he can't quite understand time in the same ways as we do but he's reliant on it. I'm deeply reliant on it. But I can't give up the single mom status because giving it up means that I'm not holding all the balls in the air mm. or not aware of the fact that I need to. Mm. So if I drop it, then I'm like, who said you must drop it? Nobody said you're allowed to drop it yet, Annie. Mm. So there's a lot going on. There's also a lot going on in relation to mm. like work and managing his emotional space. He's very demanding. He keeps... You know, he keeps pushing back in ways that are actually really uncomfortable to me. Mm. Like, you don't live here. Go away. I don't want you here, mama. What do you mean? We're fine with each other. We're cool. You're alive. What do you mean? <laughs> what does he mean by you don't live here? He, because he wants other people to live here. Mm. He wants world to live here. He wants... Sometimes he wants my mom to live here. Which is also painful because I'm realizing that this poor kid is trying to figure out a whole host of emotional things that he... I suppose, and this is this kind of swings back to what you were saying about marriage. You wanted your kids to know that there was a decision made, that there was, you know, that there was clarity around that and the choice to have them. Yeah. Right? And not that that wasn't the case with Tawi, but that, that stuff unraveled in ways that I don't think he his dad and I could understand at the time. And I think that it came on the back of a historical set of circumstances that we also were not equipped to deal yeah. with, quite frankly. But we wanted a kid, and so we went, fuck it. Yay, boo! YOLO! YOLO! <laughs> you know? So no regrets, but challenges, yeah? So challenging. Mm. But I also think that it's interesting because I think that we can get stuck in our kind of like this is our unique set of circumstances, right? This is like, this is what makes this household so special Mm. and so challenging. But actually across the board, if you think about it, we're all in the trenches. When you have a three-nanger, the first time I heard about that, like saying three-nanger, 
I laughed because I was like, he had just turned three mm. and I was just entering the phase. Mm. It's literally, it literally comes on point. Like when they turn three, then all of a sudden you see all these shit, the shit where you're like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. But I think mm. that, and it's exactly what you're saying. They're trying to figure out mm. themselves. They're trying to figure out themselves in relation to like the broader world. Mm. They really are like pushing boundaries in the way that typical teenagers do. Yeah. But they are small and they, they're, so they're babies, right? Mm. So I do think that, that there's a common kind of thread that like ties us all together as, mm. as, as teenagers. I was at the park the other day with Akani mm. and um, I was chatting to her mom and she was like, oh, I'm in the terrible twos. And I was like, girl, enjoy. These are amazing times. This is wonderful. Mm. Like when he can start to talk and he, mm. and Akani's thoughts and processes are that of a three-year-old which is quite advanced as opposed to a two-year-old where he's like saying things and and using words that are fairly big Mm. in a way that is fairly appropriate but yet like i'm like how he still doesn't understand Mm. where he is as a person right yeah and you've been saying this so they have language but they they don't don't have but they don't have language language. Mm. what about your toes my toes are my toes are here and i can't mark the tree yeah, I com- I completely hear you, Kath. And I think, again, just really kind of beautiful and quite insightful to think about teenagers in this way that is nothing but nothing at all related to beautiful, but like in relation to where we started, which was Amu, right? Mm. And like they're so little and they're so helpless and they're so cute and they just need your boob and it's all very sweet. Mm. And, and I guess just like how I think once you're now in the phase of having two and however many more, because people, some people have more, some people sure, don't, sure, certainly sure, sure. two is sure. by far the norm these sure. days. And, and just thinking about that in relation to like, I guess also like self-preservation, which maybe doesn't sound like a fair thing to say, but I think that we are a generation who we're way more aware of ourselves in relation to our kids and the fact that we also want to live our lives Mm. right and so like I'm was really sweet and he won't he doesn't know he doesn't know but soon he'll know and we know now that by the time he turns one he'll know and then by the time he turns two he'll know more and he'll know more than Akani knew at that age yeah he will, just by virtue of the fact that he's around all the kids, he's number two. I find kind of beautiful solace in that because I think there's like something to be said for not all the work is on you, that actually the kids do some of that, like the way in which we engage each other socially as people. There's really something quite special about that whole interaction, no? Yes, but also... When you're in it, yeah, as you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard, babe. Like, I think that mm. a lot of it is hard. I think that change is hard for human beings. And mm. I'm seeing it firsthand from my firstborn son. I think it would maybe it'd be different if, like... <laughs> so, this is a poor example. And this is yeah. my white side coming out. So, I'm going to be surprised. But, like, when we had Akani, mm. we, had a, we had had a dog. Yeah, wow. we're, we're there. Yeah, we're you're going to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had had a dog for probably, like, seven years before Akani was born or however long. And when Akani was born, this dog regressed and just acted like a fucking crazy bitch, right? We were like, oh, this is crazy or whatever. But we weren't like, oh, we should get a behavior specialist. And we were like, ah, she'll figure it, figure it out. Fine. Mm. Now, Akani is in serious regression because Amu is around. Mm. Amina's like, karma's a bitch. <laughs> Looking at Akani like, 
you okay, boo? You know what I mean? Like, just being like, <laughs> fuck you. You see this shit is hard? Like, like totally chill, like completely relaxed. And I can imagine, and I know it's not the same, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. but I can imagine that like, if we were to have another kid, Akani mm-hmm. would be like, YOLO, I'm going to go outside and dig, or I'm going to go and do whatever. And I'm going to be like, ha, I'm Absolutely. not the, the last born anymore. Absolutely. And then keep it moving, right? Yeah. But I think that what I've realized is that like life is always going to be hard. Mm. There's never going to be a moment where you're like, oh, I'm cool. Unless you're a single person, and mm. no tea, no shade to the single people out there, mm. but you're a single person who is dealing with your emotions solo mm. and having to figure out what that necessarily looks like for you. It might be an isolating time, it might be a lonely time, but it's not a difficult time. Because in a household where you have all these moving parts, all these personalities and whatever, you're perpetually trying to navigate what that looks like mm-hmm. at any given point in time for any given individual. Yeah. And I feel like it can get messy and can get complicated. I come from a single home mm-hmm. with a single parent. Mm-hmm. I was an only child with a single parent. Mm-hmm. It was just the two of us. And that brings its own set of dynamics, but in a way it was also very simple. Mm-hmm. I get good grades. I come home, I clean the house, I know what my roles and responsibilities are, there's a binary that happens, Mm, right? mm, mm, mm. In a household where there is more than one, more than two people, you are perpetually figuring out what that looks like and it's always expanding and retracting and expanding Mm. and retracting. And I think that that's the difficulty. Mm. So that's where we're at with... Can you, sorry, talking about in the works, but... And perhaps this isn't the time, but I like, hold on to it. And perhaps we'll swing around and be like, ha ha ha, that was so stupidly. But if one doesn't think about these things as difficulties, like if you don't think about the expanding and contraction as difficulty, right? Mm. So, which I think is really, really hard at this stage yeah. because they all, they demand so much of you physically. Yeah. You have to be so physically present yeah. for them. Then, and I imagine like, I actually have some really wonderful memories actually of my sister and I being maybe, I don't know, anything between like seven, six, seven and like 15, like quite a big chunk of time yeah. where we were definitely children in a home and where there was a lot of expansion and contraction but there was also a lot of like oh this is what it is a lot of banter a lot of like full-on physical fights so this thing of like only boys households are like really actively physically yeah like i think i think girls can be quite full-on also and i also think but, but but i do think it requires of the parents and i don't think this is actually any less exhausting than it is now it's just a different kind of demand on you for there to be a kind of flow to the household and what i'm realizing is that there is a parent who is better at this i'm not that parent in my household i'm not what in managing both children no at at being fluid easy gentle throughout not necessarily completely but certainly more so than the other parent and i think that that takes on different shapes and forms in different households but what i've noticed is that with my partner granted he comes and goes but even when he's here for longer stretches Mm -hmm. he has way more capacity for both of us than i have for either of us Mm -hmm. for myself and for tao included and i think that one of the beautiful benefits for tao is that he has essentially actually at this point has three people who parent full-time 
Yeah. And that means, I'm sure to him, that's just his norm. Although I am starting to realize more and more that is not necessarily his norm. Because when he goes to Akani's house, Akani screams, we're doing this thing with my dad, you know. So there's this sense of attachment to a father figure and what that means. And I think that's part of being three. But I do think that, like, family constellations figure out their own things. Mm. You know, but I also think I think that for the generation, i.e., our generation, that overthinks everything, right? So we mm. we have a tendency to like get on Google and like over research and overthink and over talk and whatever the case is. I do think that it's very useful to to know that kids are resilient and that mm. it will be fine regardless. Kids are resilient, and I think that just even in the last few months that we haven't touched base on this platform, our kids have developed in ways that we couldn't have known just a mm. few months ago. Yeah, mm. yeah. So nice to be back. It is nice to be back, and I'm going to make a commitment, D, on behalf of both you and I, that we'll be better content generators. Don't um, speak in this neoliberal fashion. <laughs> we'll be better about like just. I think that this is an important platform, and I think that we've received mm. a lot of really good feedback, actually. Mm. And I think that we need to be committed, you know, mm. to be just like yeah. So we've got a couple of really exciting episodes that are planned. We will be more regular, and we will. See See you around. Okay. Have a good week, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Hey, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 mama. Attitude. The That's same way I immerse myself in my career. Yeah. You've now immersed yourself I've now in immersed motherhood. I've immersed myself in motherhood. Mommy's a bounce. Mommy's a bounce. Mama's the Weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and form. Mama, mama, mama. <laughs> no, actually, seriously, on a serious note, it's it's been really dope. Thank you. Okay, bye. Mama, 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 mama. Coming up on the next episode of MWA is a frank discussion about raising boys, partnering men, and still trying to be feminist mothers. We chat with Lynn Kumalo and we look forward to you tuning in.